0: What is good, people? Welcome back to another edition of the Undiluted Football Show. I'm your host, Tony F.O.K. You should know this by now. We're going to get straight into another week of football. As you can see, the United Kit is back on. The United Kit will only come out when we win, and United won 3-1 to Burnley today, so that's why the United Kit is out. But anyway, enough about United. We'll get onto them later on the show. What's good, people? Let's get straight into this. Now, we finished off the Champions League. We are down to the final four, the semi-finals. What a game, by the way. For, for those that didn't watch the PSG buying game, that was a proper game of football. Neymar was unreal. Bayern Munich, decent. maybe they would have won with Lewandowski. Another story for another day. But the final four are here. We've got PSG versus Man City, Poch versus Pep. Then we have Chelsea versus Real Madrid. Now, before I get into my predictions, that's like... Those... There's a couple of good games, you know. Chelsea Real Madrid are is is one that you can't predict, really. I feel like if we, let's get into Chelsea Real Madrid, I feel like it's one you can't predict because obviously Chelsea's season's been up and down with Lampard going and now two calls in the helm. Now he's done 19 games for Chelsea, 14 clean sheets, which is crazy, by the way. Like we have to we have to deep it. That is crazy by any standard. So props to Chelsea in that sense. But I'm gonna say what I said in like one of the first two episodes. I'm still not fully convinced by Chelsea just yet. The only reason I'm not fully convinced is because these guys don't score enough. There's, I know they beat they beat these teams one nil, two nils, but it's not like they're not like it's not like they're Jose Mourinho one nil, two nils. You know what I mean? Like they're they're sitting back and they're just getting the goal and then they're sitting back and they're Brazilian. That's not the Chelsea. This Chelsea side looks like they want to try and and keep possession and beat teams and but they don't beat teams convincingly. They've only scored, what is it? More than two goals twice or something like that, or even once, which I'm sorry, that's, that's quite worrying. I know fair enough. Listen, they, they, they're they're getting points. They're now in a FA cup final. They're now in a champions league semi final. So you give credit where credit's due, but I'm still not convinced now going up against a Real Madrid side. I feel like everyone keeps doubting Real Madrid and um, what it, Rumored are my favourites to win the competition, and the reason I'm going to say this is because one don't doubt Zinedine Zidane. I don't. I feel like people need to put respect on Zinedine Zidane's name. The Champions League, that's that's his thing. The Zine, like the Champions League is his thing. He has three P to the Champions League now. For those that don't know what a three P is, he has won the Champions League three times in a row. All right, before. Um, Real Madrid won it back to back the last time to win the Champions League back to back or it wasn't in the Champions League last time the last people to win the European Cup back to back was not on the forest right so it, it is very hard to win the European Cup or Champions League back to back United were very close in 07-08 we won it and then 08-09 we lost in the final we were very close then but we didn't do it Real Madrid won it three times in a row four in five years that is crazy give Zidane his credit if Listen, if that was Pep, he would be the undisputed greatest manager of all time. But because it's Zidane, no one really wants to mention it. And I know, fair enough, he had an amazing team and uh, there's some there's some shaky results. But history will show you. I'm going to have to tell my kids one day, yes, Real Madrid three-peat at the Champions League. You don't even have three-peats, that, that many three-peats in basketball, let alone football. Whenever you ever heard of that, it's very hard to three-peat in football. So, And I know this is not the same Real Madrid team. Obviously, Ronaldo's a massive miss. Bale as well. But I, I can't doubt Zidane, man. When it comes to Champions League knockout tyres, he just knows how to get it done. And I feel like just because of that, I remember um, former Spain midfielder Gaiska Mendieta told me, we were, we were talking about the Champions League, and he said to me, he said, when it comes to Barca, I mentioned this in another episode, when it comes to Barcelona and Atletico, like, they need to be informed, they need to keep the ball rolling. Romadji can play bad all season and it's turn up on a knockout tyre and just get the job done. Not many people had Real Madrid beating Liverpool and they made light work of Liverpool in my opinion. I feel like they managed the second leg really well. They knew that they just had to shut Liverpool out. Liverpool didn't create that much anyway. They knew what they were doing and they wrapped it up in the first leg. And that's a, And I know Liverpool was not the same Liverpool that, that's been playing in the past two years but no one had Real Madrid going through that tie. So I feel like we've got to give Real Madrid their props. So if I'm going to give an early prediction now I do see Real Madrid going through. I feel like Chelsea can't outscore Real Madrid, if that makes sense. I feel like it's going to be half Real Madrid to score, but I don't feel Chelsea can outscore Real Madrid. And then we're going to look to a good, a good, good match up between PSG and um, Man City. Now, if KDB is injured, that might change the course of the tie, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with, in regards to KDB. But Poch versus Pep, uh, this is this is a this is a big one because can. City reached their first ever Champions League final. Can Poch reach the Champions League final with PSG? Can he win it with PSG? Can he win? Well, it's not his first major trophy anymore, but you know what I mean? Like his first trophy was the trophy, the champions, but that doesn't really count. But can he do it? If I have to give my predictions, I see PSG going through. I feel like with Pep, Pep always loves to overcomplicate things in the Champions League. City fans will tell you this. I know he had he hasn't done it this season. They finally got over that quarterfinal hurdle. But I feel like coming to PSG, he's going to be so wary of Neymar and Mbappe and that firepower that he's going to try to overcomplicate things. And now that KDB looks out injured maybe for the tie, who knows? You need, they need their best players, City, and they need to be on a day over the two legs. I'm not sure if they can do that with the likes of going up against Mbappe and Neymar and Co. So, but then again, PSG can always get got at. Like as much as I, as much as I think PSG are a very good team and they have done very well to beat Bayern Munich, I always feel like every time you play PSG, they can get got out. United have done it a couple of times now. I'm only saying that as a United fan, but I'm telling you, obviously they beat us at Old Trafford. But if you remember that game, we were practically the better team until Fred got sent off. And I'm not trying to big up Man United in this sense, but. If you shut easier said than done. If you shout out Neymar and Mbappe, PSG are an above average team. Now, and obviously shouting Neymar and Mbappe up is a very very hard thing to do. So once you do that, you kind of do deserve to win the game. But I don't really see much of a massive threat with PSG. Obviously Neymar and Mbappe are a massive threat, but the team overall. So I feel like City could get at them. It's just if KDB is fit. If City are firing, they'll need I'm not even sure if Sterling's gonna pay at the moment. Foden will need to show up. But so it's gonna be nice to see Foden going up against proper competition. Like this is this is the games we want to see Phil Foden in. And um obviously if for those that don't have Twitter, if people saw Foden and what he tweeted to Mbappe, are you ready? Now, the story apparently goes that um, it wasn't Foden himself that done it. It was his um, his his social media company. And since then, he's um, now... Um, he ended up firing them, which is it's kind of mad. Um, do you know what it is? My opinion on this is that, unfortunately, in England, we have this sharp and dribble... I'm going to use sharp and dribble because that's what people say in America... We have this shut up and dribble mentality in a sense that um some people we, we expect footballers just to be footballers and that's it. Be a footballer, make me happy on the weekend and don't do anything else with your life. Like, I'm not gonna name names, but um I was hearing recently that someone said, Oh, footballers don't need social media. Like they just they just focus on their football. But people don't realise footballers are human too. Football's their job. Right. I know it's a well paid job and it's a high-end job and it's one of the like most sought out jobs in the world, but that is their job, right? Why should they not have social media? They are human beings. And the same people are saying that they should just focus on their job, have social media themselves. So it's like, why are we, the public, allowed to have social media, but footballers aren't? Obviously, we put them on a pedestal and they are role models to some people, blah 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 blah. I get that, but they're just they're as human as that. I feel like there was nothing wrong with a tweet. Are you ready? That's just, it's build up. And the thing is, this is the thing. I only see it in England. For those that watch American sports are familiar with American sports and the way American um, people have their social media and all that as well. I feel like with with athletes, if LeBron, you saw LeBron tweeting about Steph, about... um, about Dane playing with them and stuff like that, that's totally fine. For example, clubs do it. How many times have we seen um, Dortmund, for example, Dortmund's English account banter, or Bundesliga clubs banter with other clubs? How many times have we seen um, even English clubs banter with one another? Do you know what I mean? We see clubs do it all the time. So I feel like if clubs can do it, why can't players? It's just this notion that we feel like players just have to be footballers and that's it. And we don't like them on social media because apparently, in inverted comments, apparently social media affects your footballing ability. And I will, I'm will i not a massive social media um, moat. I won't say I, I create social media. Or I know how the algorithm works, but I don't feel like social media, me being on social media will affect my footballing ability. I feel like you're either good at football or you're not. Do you know what I mean? And you pressing tweet on a tweet or you going on scrolling will not really affect your footballing ability. But that's that's just me. I feel like it's just an old aging mentality we need to get out of. That they can have social media. If if Odin tweeted, are oh, Mbappe, I'm ready for you, bro, let's do this and I said, I love that. That's dick talk. That's gonna get me hyped for the that's gonna get me hyped for the game. We can see that in other sports, but we I, I just don't get it in England. We just don't like the notion of people having lives <laughs> or footballers having lives outside of football. We just want them to play football for us, play it for the fans, do it for the fans, and that is it, and just sit at home and do nothing. But hey, hey-ho, I digress. But well, I'll give you my quick uh, Champions League prediction. So I did say I have, I will, I have Real Madrid going through and out of PSG City. If KDB's injured, I do see PSG going through. I don't what I don't want Poch to get into another Champions League final because that's just like that's just agenda agenda happy run, but um, overall I think I see Real Madrid doing it. Don't be surprised if Real Madrid win the Champions League. I'm, I won't be surprised because they're just capable of doing that nonsense, man. And if there's one team that can that knows this composition very well and knows how to win it, right now, it's the team that's actually won it recently, Real Madrid. So we'll see. But enough about the Champions League, let's get on to the Premier League. Now, we had a decent couple of Premier League games today. Um, Arsenal drew 1-1 one, one with Fulham. I was going to get on to Arsenal, but I realised that I'm not. And the only reason I'm not going to get on to Arsenal is because they had a rotated squad. And I know Arteta's like, listen, Bundesliga, League, we've got to win three more games. If we, We've got three finals in the Europa League, Right. You win against Villarreal, you play your best players there, and then you get into a final. We try and win that. Save your players for that. That is what your season ends up in. There's no point. We've got six, five, six more games left in the Premier League. There's really no point in trying to, in trying to like, try injure your best players. Just play a rotating squad. Play the youngsters in the league. I remember United did that when we won the Europa League. It wasn't until the first leg of the semi-final against Celta Vigo in which we decided, all right, cool. Let's play the big guns for the Europa League and just win that, get back into Champions League football and bun the league. And we did that. And sometimes you've got to make that executive decision. Um, Man United will probably do it. If, well, Man United have a good enough squad to rotate, but Arsenal don't. So that's why I'm not really too bothered about the one-one draw. I feel sorry for Fulham, but as I said as I said, with Fulham, you've got to you've got to make yourself hard to beat. You there's you can play good football. We've seen it with Norwich how many times. That's why they keep going up and down. They play up, they go up. Because they play very good football and way too good football for the um, for the championship. But when it comes to the Premier League, they're easy to beat. That free flowing football can get done by better players. It's just basic, basic football. So you need to make yourself hard to beat. And Fulham are unfortunately not a hard team to beat. They're a, they're a good team to play against, and sometimes they can ball. And you're thinking, wow, oh, like this this team can ball. But that's that that's not what keeps you in the league. So unfortunately, Fulham, you let another one slip away. I feel sorry for Scott EP, but don't be surprised if they're, if they're going to be back up there next season or not next season, the season after, if they get promoted back into the Premier League, if they go up again. But, you know, that's that's down to them. Uh, West Ham lost to Newcastle. Shout out to Newcastle, though. Alan St. Maximan, the Gucci Garincha, is back and he's been doing bits recently. And um, Callum Wilson's back as well. And Newcastle look all but safe now. And it's, it's, I don't know what it's like for Newcastle fans. I know they're, the relief of being safe because it got really scary for them. And I feel like Newcastle were a, a, a decent team. And I feel like Newcastle were a decent team because I'm not sure if people know. John Joe Shelby did come out and say, but pre to the West Ham game, he said, we have a better squad than West Ham. Bear in mind, West Ham are going for Champions League football right now. He, he straight up said, I, I think we have a better squad than West Ham. And I'm not saying they won that game. Listen, West Ham are down to 10 men and they were calamitous and that's their own fault. But Newcastle don't have a bad squad. They really don't. I don't know what's going on with them in the club and Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce, but they shouldn't be in the position where they are now. I feel like they have a decent enough squad. I'm not saying they have a better squad than West Ham, but they have a good enough squad. In regards to West Ham, it's unfortunate not to get any points, you know, but I think next week is big for West Ham because that's where they've got Chelsea next week. That's where we we're really gonna see. Okay, are their Champions League hopes legit? I know they've been getting these free twos. They need to stop conceding. It's all fun and game scoring, but again, you need to stop conceding. It's not everyday free two because now the free two doesn't back you and now you lose. So that's that's that for um for West Ham Newcastle. United Burnley quickly, Money Mason's back, you know, scoring again. Um it's finally good to beat Burnley at home for the first time in like, since Paddy McNair and their man used to play for us. So it was good in that sense. Um, I've got to give props to Man United this season. In games where I feel like, watching that game today, if I was watching this game a year ago, it would have ended 1-1. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, you know what? Yeah, this is this is typical United, 1-1, can't break down teams. But now, in the last 15 or 20 minutes, we've seen to break down teams, catch teams on the break, or just create your own luck, and that's in football. You got you got to create your own luck. Um, I didn't even mention the Friday game, Everton Spurs. Now, I kept saying this, and I said this in previous episodes. Everton's home record are the reason they're just not going to make it into Europe. That home record is terrible, and for both goals they conceded, it was kind of their own fault. I know Michael Keane was missed a couple of headers, and Kane capitalised and I'm sorry this is the Premier League this is Harry Kane can't make mistakes like that and not expecting to put them in bins so Everton you, you create your own fault there because now looking at that Everton drop points West Town drop points Liverpool must be looking at this thinking all oh, Chelsea are in the final we might be favourites to top four if Liverpool don't have Champions League to play any play anymore don't be surprised if you see Liverpool up there you know don't be surprised. I'm not gonna say they're gonna finish fourth, but don't be surprised if you see them really back up in the mix because they have nothing to put well, they have just the Premier League to play for now. I know Everton just have the Premier League to play for, but they have a lot of injuries and they can't seem to beat teams when it matters. So that's that's their fault. Uh let's get on to Chelsea uh City quickly. It was the first half was really boring. Really, really boring. I feel like the second half was um, was a bit better. Chelsea did look the better at the teams. I feel like Pep... Obviously, Pep made a lot of changes, but Pep had to make a lot of changes because I know City were going for the quadruple or whatever, or the media tipped them into going for the quadruple. But I feel like when it comes to importance of trophies, I feel like the Champions League is way more important for Pep than, it, than the FA Cup is. I feel like the FA Cup has... I'm not saying the FA Cup has lost its importance. It's not. But when do you ever see two big teams play their rotated, their second best keeper, regardless of who their second best keeper is? I feel like when do teams play their second best keeper? If If that was Champions League, if that was a trophy you're going for properly, I'm not saying they're not going for it and they don't want to win it, but you don't really rotate a squad as much as that if that's not your main priority. And I kind of saw that with City yesterday. City, but... Then again, they have Sterling, they brought Sterling and like um Rodrigue and all them and all their men. So they have a good enough squad to beat to beat Chelsea on that day. But it's just rotated squad. And those were people that needed games because Sterling has not been looking decent yesterday. And to be fair, he didn't look decent yesterday either. So um but a big ups to Chelsea though. It was a decent little break by Werner and, and Ziyech. And they got the job done. And now it's, it's a weird one for Chelsea because Chelsea in the final, but now for City, KDB's out, who's going to take his place? They've now got to just focus on, they've still got the Carabao Cup final to focus on. They've still got the Premier League to finish off. They've still got the Champions League. And you've got people like Sterling who, if you're going to try and go for these three trophies, you need him to be on job. Um, I'm not sure what's been going on with Sterling this season, in all honesty. I know he's not been in the best of form and Foden's kind of taking his place in the side now, and there's nothing like confidence. I think yesterday watching the game, he didn't look confident. And when a player, as you can tell, look at Jesse Lingard for an example, confidence is everything when it's football. When it's going your way, it's going your way, and when it's not your day, trust me, it's not your day. And that and that's just with life in general. So it, it's it's a bit of a mad one for Sterling, really. I know the past season he's been hitting good numbers for City, and he. Be- Practically being one of the first people in the city team sheet, but this season it just hasn't been going well with him, and it's, it's it's a bit of a weird one. And now Pep doesn't in their best side. I don't I don't expect Sterling to start in the Champions League game against PSG. That's that's Foden's place now, and because Foden's doing bits and he's taken that chance, he's out of the team, and it's hard to once you're out of the team, it's very hard to get back because you only have a small sample size of to show of why you should be back in that team. So it's 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 hard for someone like Sterling at the moment, whether, let's say, if he gets a good performance at the Carabao Cup final, which he probably might start him because it's just a cup final they need to win. I don't think City are going to play a massive, massively strong team and um and try to win that. And it's kind of like similar to the Sane situation in a sense that Sane was, he was not iced out of the squad, but went in a bad run of form and then China and then was put in, Small sample sizes where he couldn't really get back into the swing of things. And, um, do I think Sterling goes? I'm not sure if Sterling goes. I know rumors are saying that Sterling might go to Real Madrid or so, or Sterling, else that you know that interest is back up. I don't think Real Madrid can afford him. I don't think Real Madrid would need him in a sense. They've got Vinicius, they've got Rodrigo, they've got a lot of wingers. They play, they can play Asensio on the wing sometimes as well. So, I don't think. Real Madrid need him in a sense but I feel like Sterling will still stay at City because listen he's we we know what the, the type of player he is for City and we know how good he can be for City and we know how good Pep has made him it's just I feel like it's just a bad season and everyone's had a bad season you know look at Mane Mane's had a very bad season we're not really talking about that Um, we can talk about I don't want to talk about human song because he hasn't had that much of a bad season he hasn't just been playing well recently but you know what I mean everyone's human and I feel like Sterling, if he has a good Carabao Cup game, maybe he can get back in the squad. He just needs to get a run of games. It's just players just need to have put and get an arm around them, a run of games, and then they'll be back into it. Because it's hard to be matching it when you're not playing week in, week out. Especially for someone like Sterling, who was used to playing week in, week out. So it's, it's a bit of a hard one for them. Um, the other game, Sheffield United-Wolves. Obviously, Sheffield United lost. Sheffield United are now relegated. I feel like... This one's a very mad one if you look at Sheffield United because when lockdown, Project Restart happened last season, Sheffield United were like a very good team. No one wanted to play Sheffield United. They, I remember they beat Tottenham. They were in Europe hopes. They bought Sander Bird. And then during the summer, Chris Wilder didn't get some of the signings he wanted to. They spent a good amount of money on Ryan Brewster. And there were problems from the top to Chris Wilder, hence why he left, hence why why they weren't playing as well. And I feel like it's unfortunate because no one expected Sheffield United to finish where they finished last season and now be one of the worst teams in in Premier League history. Like it's a bit of a, it's a massive 180 in in my sense. Like you were thinking about European football and now you're getting relegated back to the championship. And I can't blame Chris Wilder in a sense because he's a decent manager. He brought them up from League One and the reason he left wasn't because it was because of some situations up top. So I feel like Sheffield United needs to look at themselves in the mirror and say, like, what did we do wrong as a club? <coughs> and how did we and where do we go from here? Because to do that massive 180 in a season or so, that's that's not right. You, sh- you shouldn't be in the mix of Europe. And then worse, like, let's say if they just got relegated in the last game. Okay, it happens. They were Sheffield United. Sheffield United overachieved. They massively overachieved last season. But I'm not saying they should have overachieved again, but they should not have lost or should have been relegated the way they were. But we'll see what they're made of and how they do in the championship, whether they be back up and whether we'll be playing at Premier, Premier Lane again in the Premier League. We shall see. Um, Norwich, in the other hand, one, go, one team goes down, another comes up. Norwich are back up, even though they lost three ones to Bournemouth. Um, as I said, as I said with Norwich, they play very good football. No one's, despite that, they've got very good players. I feel like Emi Wendy is a very good player. I feel like he's too good for Norwich, in my opinion. I feel like, Cantwell's good as well. Max Ahrens. Even though they got rid of, like, Gibson, no, not Gibson, they got rid of uh, Godfrey and Jamal Lewis. I feel like they've still got a bit of that core that we saw in the Premier League. Now, the, the challenge for Daniel Farker and Norwich is to implement their style of football, but make themselves hard to beat because there's no point of them coming to do the exact same thing they do every year or coming up and coming down and coming up. And there's no point of being a yo-yo club, right? You need to learn how to get that, get them 40 points in the premier league. Cause listen, I won't doubt that they probably played better football than what Fulham are playing. They beat city last season, right? They beat City. So no one's disputing that Pukki and their man cannot ball. They can ball, but leaving yourself open and balling like that in the Premier League, especially when there's players better than you doing that, it's not viable. You need to learn how to sometimes play that S-Housery football, be, play the low block and just get the points. Now, that's the biggest challenge with Daniel Farker. I'm not sure how he does that. I'm not sure if he needs to, need some reinforcements in for Norwich but Norwich need to find a way to not be that same old yo-yo club because if not they're just going to go straight back down and are we not tired of Norwich coming up and down like it's, it's not every day do you know what I mean show us you're a Premier League club you're a, you're a, you're a half decent side do you know what I mean and you play good football so show us show us why you should be up there with the rest but we shall see we shall see um I'm not sure if people saw, but there was news today's about the European Super League. Now, there are officially 12 clubs that have agreed to form a so-called European Super League. I'll name those clubs. It's Manchester United, Liverpool, City, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico, Atletico Madrid, Inter Milan, AC Milan, Juve. I was called into RMC Sport. Now, um, my views on this European Super League, I feel like is absolute BS. And the reason is absolute BS and because it's just more money. It's literally, you can see all the clubs that said yes to this is because they just want more money It's to keep the rich clubs, rich. And I am not even say the poor clubs because no clubs are poor, but it's to keep the powerhouses rich. And it's about greed. I think Martin Tyler said it today. There's two things in football. It's greed. And I forgot, maybe it was graft and greed. I don't know, but, Basically, this is it's just them being greedy. It's honestly just them being greedy. Look at all the clubs that said yes to it. It was the Barca's, the Real Madrids, this, the that. I feel like it's just pure greedy. And apparently, tonight, according to the Mail, Florentino Perez will um, hold a chairman's role with John Henry and Joel Glazer to announce the European Super League. This is the thing, like ah. Uh, I don't like. I don't mind the concept of the best teams playing against each other because who doesn't want to see that, right? But no offense to Arsenal, but when were the last? I know they're in Europe now in the Europa League. Yeah, I get that. But when were the last time they were in the Champions League, right? When were the last time they were regarded as European elites? Do we really want to see Arsenal getting spanked? Well, this Arsenal side right now getting spanked up by all these other sides. We don't really want to see that. It's just Arsenal trying to get back into it's. As I said, it's keeping the rich rich. It's keeping the rich clubs rich. And these owners are doing it because they're like, okay, cool, it's just another revenue stream. We can play more football. Might as well do it. TV rights, boom, more money, boom, more money, boom. We win. You guys lose. And apparently it's about to be announced tonight with um, Joel Glazer, Stan Kroenke as vice chairman. There you go. Look look at the people I mentioned. Joel Glazer, Stan Kroenke, John W. Henry. These are the people that just want money. And this is the thing. We'll lose. I feel like if it's a league, give it a couple years. We will lose excitement of us seeing the big teams play week in week out. Sometimes you need to go to a wet and windy away game at Stoke. You know, sometimes you. I need to. I need to battle it out against Burnley because look at look at it. Arsenal. Arsenal drew one. I know it was a rotated side, and I know they've they've got their priorities elsewhere, but still. This was a uh, this will this was a team that is drawing against Fulham right now that are going back into the Championship. Why would I want to see that team in a, in a European Super League? And don't get it twisted. I love American sports, but but I, as a, as an English person, I love the way we do things with relegation and promotion. With this Super League, there's going to be no relegation. Imagine coming bottom of the Super League, like. What? What what do I get if I win the Super League? Okay, now, uh, yeah, we were 20, 20, 20 something Euro- uh, European Super League champions. What does this mean for the Champions League now? What's the point? Like, I get cool playing against all the best teams. It will be fun. It will be very good football, but it's just a way. But that, that's not the reason why they're doing it. Because the Champions League is not broken. No one's saying we need to change the Champions League. It's not like in the Champions League, we, we don't see the best teams play against the best. We bloody saw PSG versus Bayern. In a quarter final, which was basically the final last season, last season, we saw that that was a very good game for the neutral. I was seeing, I was oh man, I was seeing Demarai and Neymar do some things with football I've never even dreamt of. That was good football. We we don't need to see all of that week in week out constantly, because we'll get sick of it after a while. It will be fun. Don't get a twisted. I'm not saying I wouldn't like to go play. Atletico Madrid away and then Inter Milan away and then we got them at home and then we got Barca. It'll be fun and then you can really test yourself and see that where you are as a club. But that's not the reason they're doing it. The reason they're doing it is because of money. And look at the German clubs. Bayern and Dortmund haven't agreed to join. And if you know the situation between Bayern and Dortmund of Dortmund back in the day in administration and Bayern gave administrate uh, money to Dortmund, right? That shows that that's generosity, right? That shows that these, these German clubs are classy and, the re- and do you not think there's a reason why they haven't agreed to it? Because they know that this isn't just for the public and we, and we want the public, the fans to watch all the players to play the best competition. This is just for money. And everyone just wants that. Everyone just wants that big paycheck. Like, I've, I I feel like it's, it's, it's a dark day for football because if this happens, I'm not going to say I'm not going to watch it because of course we're going to watch it. But it's just, there's a deeper meaning to it and the meaning is is for money. It's not for good football because if this was for good football and all the best teams would want to play the best teams, I feel like every club would vote for it. They'd be like, yeah, you know what? I want to be in a league with the best, with the Europe's elite and be like, yeah, I want to I wanna play these men week in, week out because everyone wants to play in the Champions League. Right, you can ask any other, you can ask any team, you can ask any team, any team would want to play the Champions League, any team would want to play against the best. But if this was the concept of that European Super League, because they are listen, it's, it's, it's a super league, it's the best are going to go against the best, but it's just not that's not the reason why they're doing it, it's just another way to find money, and I think it's wrong, especially in a like, read the room, we are in a pandemic, and I know. Some clubs are affected. Some clubs have been way more affected than the others. And I know some Premier League clubs are fine because of just the absurd amount of money there is in the Premier League. But read the room. You can't be doing this now, voting for it now. I feel like, it's, as Gary Neville said, it's disgusting. I feel like it really is disgusting. And if this goes through, it's, it's going to be a very dark time for football because the game we love, it's not that it's going i'm not gonna say oh the game's go-. i'm not gonna be that person and be the game's gone because unfortunately football's a business now and, and there's and there's a lot of business and money there's a lot of um money in business sorry and there's a lot of money in football and i'm all for it because technology football and business has made clubs and franchises who they are today but this is just is unnecessary. We don't. We don't. We don't need it. No one asked for it. If we ask for changes in the Champions League and say, "Okay, this needs a change," we want to see the best play the best, and by all means, and they gave us this concept no one would be like, "No, nah, I don't want this." They're just doing this to get more money, and I feel like because of that reason, it's not good. I've. It's. It's really not good, and I, I don't want to see it happen. If it happens, there's not much we can do, but I don't think I want to see that happen. But. We will wait and see over the week. Probably next week, we'll get a clearer picture on it and we'll see what's, what's going on with the European Super League. But guys, that is another episode of the Undiluted Football Show. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Afoke. Like, share, subscribe to Undiluted Media. We'll be back next week, Sunday 9pm. Until next time, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power